4: You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts Eric Shapiro David North Martino John Copenhaver and our Warrior on 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 105.0 AM
0: Palm Springs. Welcome back into the house of mystery. I'm Al Warren and Mr. Dave Baseballs Martino is
2: here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's, we're just going to call you Baseballs.
2: Baseballs?
0: Yeah. Hey, yeah. balls. <laughs> <laughs> Well, whenever people think of Dave, they think yeah. of balls. Yeah. Bouncing from the left to the right. <laughs> to the right. You know. <laughs> to, to bouncing tonight. Anyway. ACDC. Uh, was, yeah. Well, for the for the kids. There. For the kiddies yeah. out there. The ACDC yeah. was a band last century.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: right. I think most of them are dead, too, now, aren't they?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, isn't that terrible? Oh, no.
2: There's only, I don't know. Maybe there's a couple. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know. I think both I singers. No,
2: one. Oh, yeah, well, this yeah, the original singer, yeah.
0: And the guitarist, too, isn't he? Yep, yep. Oh, well, then, you know, it's not a whole lot left, is there? Yeah, no. so They can use a drum machine. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, Tom Sizemore, hey, that's, I really liked him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was in Relic. With, uh, oh, okay. He was playing Lincoln Child's... Uh,
0: yeah, I liked him. I I sort of I well I sort of had a crush on him, so that's why I liked him. I don't not that I thought he was a good actor. I just thought he was, <laughs> was kind of, you know, I looked at him. He yeah. was in the I saw him in that one with uh Oh, they were all bad. No, oh, I can't even remember the name anymore. They're bad people and lots of guns, lots of shooting, bank robbery, oh, yeah. movie heist.
2: Oh, I know what you're talking about. But yeah. it's not there's to there's me, a lot
0: yeah. of big names in it. He was way down on the list. There were some big, big celebrities in that, but I, um, I can't remember anymore. It's terrible. No. Getting old. <laughs> and and they're promoting the Walking Phoenix, the new Joker. What do you think of that? I'm a musical. Oh yeah, I thought that was a
2: musical. I was like, uh... are you kidding? Like yeah. a musical. <sighs>
0: Ruining my life. Lady
2: Gaga is going to be in that, I think. Oh, yeah,
0: but you know, yeah, okay. So Holly she can Glenn. sing, but come on, come on. Yeah. It's just wrecking my life. I I feel the same way as you, Al. I'm going to have to go drink something for a while or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, well, now we're going to talk about a book that um, came out. The new book here. It's called uh, "Dragged to Hell," and it's no, it's not the story of my life. <laughs> but it could be, and the author's with us. So, Mr. J. P. Jackson, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. I've been giggling here on the side, you guys. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, it's Monday. We got to push through this. You know, <laughs> got to get up, get up, get up. Um, so, uh, dragged to hell was that? Did, was that your move to Edmonton? Like you moved to Edmonton? <laughs>
1: Ah, 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 I actually did that willingly so um, (laughs) uh, no I uh, oh I'd been a bad gay boy and I'd never watched any episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race except for the odd it was on in the background at Friends House kind of thing and I thought I need to watch this and so I sat down and I binge watched I think like seven seasons
2: wow and
1: I know. It was crazy. And then uh, I, this character sprang to life, and so I had to twist it up. That drag to hell was born.
0: Wow. You know, I never even thought of it that way, you know. Um, I, I, You know, I, um, I watched some of RuPaul's in the first season or so, and then I sort of lost interest for some reason. I don't know why. It's not really my cup of tea. I mean, I don't dislike it, but I don't look for it. How's that?
1: that I think that's fair. I, I mean, there's bits and pieces of it. That I enjoy and others that I fast forward through. Um, but uh, I always like to, you know, uh, the theme tonight is, you know, and they always have some kind of creative reimagining of something. And just to see what the queens come out with as they strut down the runway, I'm like, wow, that's sometimes it's a hot mess. Other times it's like, that's just incredible. So, yeah, after watching all that, uh, Asador Necrophilia Hex was born.
0: <laughs> I'm sure Rapal will be very happy to know how that <laughs> connects her show with necrophilia. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs>
0: She'll be like, what? <laughs> Walk away, sashay. No, whatever that is. Um, you know, and I never even thought about Drag to Hell. I was just thinking about myself being dragged to hell every night as I try to go to sleep. What is it with you then? Did you have a bad childhood? or <laughs>
1: Actually, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. Uh, so let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what happened in those rooms at night in the closet. In the
1: closet, sure. Uh, well, a couple things, actually. It's funny you should mention that because I try, when I'm writing, I try really hard not to incorporate too much of my own personal life into my books because they're works of fiction. There's little tastes and tidbits of things that I've experienced, but the bigger elements, let's say we, I tend to leave out because I don't. It should, I don't think that should be in there,
0: right? But how that must be really hard. But because those bigger elements are what made you who you are now, so they have to be incorporated in everything you do. Even sometimes you don't know it. I always say that about myself. You know, I've, I'll act and do certain things, and it's probably you know the good and bad things that have happened to me in my in my life that put that in my behavior.
1: I agree, hundred percent. But I think it I think it flavors. The writing, as opposed to directs it. So I'll I'll give an example. I mean, growing up, I was the fabulous little gay child. There was no mistaking where I was going to go <laughs> in terms of the the uh, sexuality spectrum. And uh, of course, kids can be horrible and terrible. And so my childhood was riddled with bullying and and torture and abuse and all the rest of it. And not to dwell on that. But instead, that ended up in Drag to Hell. Uh, The main character's boy name is Nathan. And as he uh, grows up, he is put through those same measures. But then the supernatural world also tends to find him as well. And so his response back to that bullying is perhaps a little more dark and twisted.
0: Right. So in a sense... Your character, your main character, is, is kind of, let's say, um, dealing or suffering with a lot of the anxiety that you can relate to from your own life. But at the same time, he has powers that, in the book, that you didn't have in your life.
1: Sure, we'll go with that.
2: <laughs>
0: well, I, I mean it in a sense that, you know, you know, when you write a fiction book like this, based on some some things, um, you you get to have the ending you want, right?
1: Definitely. Um, absolutely, and of course, uh end of this particular uh, story is much more um, sparkle, glitter, and glam with all the supernatural darkness incorporated into it that I really wish I could pull out of my <laughs> mad magician's hat on a regular basis. Um, but there... There is, there's, there's a bit of a ghost story at the beginning of it that is, that is absolutely parallel with my life, and it's the second thing that is maybe a little too close to home. So when I was growing up, my grandfather passed away, um, I, I was very small, like four years old. Obviously, as a four-year-old, had no real, real uh, memory or even understanding of what had happened, but. This story was told in my family household repeatedly. Um, the day after the funeral, um, I woke up in the middle of the night, went to my parents' bedroom and woke my father up and said, Daddy, Daddy, Grandpa's here. Of course, they were visibly upset because they had just buried Grandpa. I'm like, no, 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 Grandpa's here. He came to say goodbye in the story dragged to hell Nathan has that very similar experience except it's his aunt Hildy that comes back to visit him and to warn Nathan's mother of her impending doom <laughs> so that made everybody go quiet
0: <laughs> well i was uh, well i was to tell you the truth <clears throat> i was picturing when it was happening to you and 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 the parents were probably had just watched you know one of those scary movies you know something like <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they were thinking, oh, you know, it's like Norman Bates or something. <laughs> you know, you got <laughs> Grandpa up in the attic in a chair <laughs> <laughs> with, with, dressed as a woman in a wig or something going on. And they were like, oh, my God, what did we do? So the paranormal, this whole spiritual aspect is really important to you. It
1: is, always has been. Um, it, it's kind of shaped my life from a very, very young age. And not always in good ways either. Uh, in third grade, our our teacher for the month of October read us Halloween stories. And that sparked a, a year-long night terrors episode for well, me and my entire family. Nobody got any sleep that year. Um, and then, you know, things kind of went quiet. And But um, the minute I hit junior high, 11, 12, that whole realm just kind of got... Way too interesting. And the first two adult books I actually picked up and read were *The Exorcist* and *Améville Horror*. And then after that, I couldn't—I couldn't possibly get my hands on enough horror books or um, horror movies and whatnot. My parents just kind of wash, washed their hands of me and went, "Okay, whatever."
0: <laughs> <clears throat> That's when they sent
1: you to Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> Go live with your aunt.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you find to be a good horror? Like, what is it? Do you just like all horror, or is there particular horrors that stick out for you?
1: I, um, it's funny. I don't watch a whole lot of horror now. Um, I find a lot of the horror that's been created in the last 20 years to be really focused in on the gore aspect of it. And as much as that's still horror, and like it, it falls into that bucket of um, cringing and disgusting that makes you turn away because you can't watch it. And that, as much as that is horror for some, for me, it's more the psychological. It's more the it's more the the build of suspense uh, to the point where you're looking over your shoulder because there was a weird sound and what's coming up to get me and um, so. I like the more the paranormal stuff, the hauntings, the um, even going into some of the psychological, you know, gaslighting stuff. Is this real? Is it not real? That I'm a big fan of that stuff.
2: Did you continue to have paranormal experiences throughout your life? And is that what you're drawing on to create these stories or drawing more from? Oh, you have. Okay,
1: 100 percent. Fast forward many years. My very first boyfriend um, was uh, having (laughs) a sleepover. And in the middle of the night, he woke up, and he was like, get up, get up, get up. I'm like, what, what, what? There's a woman in the bedroom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She lives here, too. Don't worry about it. I lived in an old turn-of-the-century apartment building in the basement, and I had seen seen this ghost several times. It was the first time he had ever saw a ghost, and I'm like, oh, I just just go back to bed. It's fine. <laughs>
2: Well, at least you had confirmation from somebody else.
1: Well, this is true. It's like is Jeff hallucinating again, or um, and then I, uh, I raised in a fairly religious Lutheran household, and then when I was in high school, I was uh, I went to a all boys Jesuit priest taught high school, and then uh, some things happened in the organized religion world that we all maybe not discussed, but it left me rather cold. And of course, being gay, that whole world was not very welcoming and accepting. So I kind of turned away from that, and I ended up falling into uh, neo-paganism and Wiccan beliefs, and uh, eventually formed a coven with a few people for many, many years, and so have a pretty good handle on the whole magic bit and whatnot so yeah it's kind of flavored and tasted everything throughout my throughout my life lick
0: your heels three times <laughs> uh,
1: there's no place <laughs> like home
0: whatever happened to that one that that one boyfriend that was saw the girl like she he just disappeared
1: you know oh. <laughs> it's like that's tapping out <laughs> yeah <laughs> no actually he was he was okay with it um freaked out but okay with it and you know honestly, after that, I don't know if I ever saw the ghost again. maybe what we did that that night kind of freaked her out. <laughs>
0: it's like what are these what are these pagans doing these <laughs> <things> <laughs> nasty witches uh disgusting boy, what's the world coming to in my day but initially when you're when you're laying on your bed and you're watching uh Rupaul's drag race several times for several seasons over and over and then you said the character come to you is that typical for you for you and and how do you know when you when you get a character in your mind what's the process of you deciding well i'm going to write a book i'm going to use this character or i'm going to go somewhere and what's what's that experience
1: some of the some of the queens on the show that really spoke to me were the ones that were the quirky and the odd um they, eh, not, you know, there's the Glamour Queens, there's the Camp Queens, um, uh, but the ones that were just maybe a little bubble off-center, those are the ones that really kind of stuck with me, and in the back of my head, um, it's almost like these characters kind of birth themselves into existence based off of some sort of stimuli, and, and in particular, uh, there was... Yeah, Azador. Uh Azador made herself really well known, and and quite frankly, I find the, the the more interesting characters get really loud. It's like, no, 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 you need to you need to sit down and write this. You need to, and and they don't leave you alone. So usually I'll sit down and plot something out, and then then I have to dig into the character, and start doing some. Character sheets and all the restaurants, and so I know exactly what that who this person
0: is. What stimulant were were you using? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want to write this down. I right? I need some help here. Well, well, it sounds like you can hear your characters in, in your head. You have an inner monologue, and that's how you create your characters and your dialogue. Is, is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and scenes too. From uh, from every single project I've ever sat down and, and written they're like little movies that play out in my head and i'm just i'm just the transcriber watching really bad people behave and do horrible
0: things Do you sometimes have a pro a, a, a problem deciding which is real life and which isn't like
1: <laughs> <laughs> my friends would tell you yes
0: <laughs> like these voices don't tell you to do weird things you don't have like a shovel by your bed and and I can uh, neither
1: confirm nor deny. Yeah, and have, have <laughs> we it won't it tell it.
0: anyone. We won't tell anybody. We're not gonna but let anybody
1: know. No shovels, but I do have a plethora of voodoo dolls and some skulls that have not yet absorbed any souls. So eh. Not yet. Not yet.
0: It's probably all of his old boyfriends.
1: That's right. You have to have a few <laughs> receptacles kicking around, right?
0: So obviously the character came first. Yes. And then the story kind of came came along and the setting is sort of I guess just there. When, when you did this, then you probably didn't have a concept of, of what you want. Like you weren't trying to tell people anything. There was no subtext or no meaning. It was just a story and you're, were, you're were getting into the story. But quite often at the end of that and you're finished it and the book is published, quite often there's a, let's say more organic, you know, meaning towards the story. Did you find that the, does have something you want people to get out of it?
1: Believe it or not, yeah. Um, I, and I think this can be said for a couple of my different projects. Be unapologetically who you are. Um, Azdor is quirky, um, gender-fluid, um, goth, terrifying, and yet still lovable and wanted and revered for who she is. And in her in her own way comes to um comes to find a place where she feels at home. And wouldn't that be nice if we could all find that? Oh, I gave up.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: evicted, <Cool>. evicted.
0: <laughs> oh. Well. And so so nighttime's when it happens for you It's what it says on your bio. But but then I guess that's the writing. When you when you get into these um, like when you 're using characters or when you have ideas in your head like you know shape shifters witches and demons and and all of these sort of um figures, um, do you use traditional kind of mainstream ideas of what these characters are these these people, or do you write your own let 's say uh rules to the witches or to the to the shape shifters and stuff um, how does that work for you?
1: I... I hmm, that's a tough one. Um, I've been accused of um, shaking things up and, and not, not always using the, the canon that's set forth before us, um, but I like that
2: too, so... Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too
1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So um, I would say every each world that I create, there's going to be elements of those various monsters that everybody is going to be able to relate to. That's what I think brings the the beast into some form of recognition. They, people will understand what it is. But then you've got to add, We've all heard the werewolf stories. We've all heard the vampire stories, et cetera, et cetera. So let's twist it up and let's make something new out of it. After I've done that, I might introduce something completely different. Something that's not um, expected within our cultures within, you know, Canada and the U.S. So for, for instance, um, I have a character in another series that I'm writing who starts off as human and then eventually ends up as a leshy. Lesbian? No, leshy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can assure you Cam would never end up as a lesbian.
0: <laughs> okay. I, just, I wasn't sure what you said there. I thought
1: maybe yeah. you...
2: Yeah. Well, what is no, a leshy?
1: That's good. See, that, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> a leshy is uh, I, so. If I were to say to you Wendigo, you probably would have a little bit more of a reference. But this is coming out of Eastern European uh, and um, Slavic tradition, where it's um, it's it's a uh, it's. Somewhat of a benevolent benevolent creature, but terrifying in its own way. Um, And, you know, the villages would say, oh, you know, the leshy will get you in order to keep children in line. Mm. But occasionally the leshy will take small children away for snacks. And their appearance is, they they usually have some kind of like bone structure. Like the skull is more apparent and whatnot. Yeah, it's, I've been doing a little bit of reading. I actually had the character... In my head, and I knew exactly what it was going to be. And then a a friend had posted something on Facebook, and I went, What the hell is a Leshy? Because I didn't know either. And then when I went and read it, I'm like, Oh my God, that's exactly what I've been thinking about. So, and of course, I'll have to take that and add my own spins to it. So,
4: yeah,
2: do do your readers um, have a problem, or do readers in general tend to have a problem? They must have a problem. (laughs) That was too easy. Yeah, <laughs> would you, know, you d- diverge from the tropes?
1: I think the small portion of them probably do. Um, I know a lot of readers like the comfortableness of knowing what to expect. But I would say that most readers who are familiar with and enjoy the paranormal um, or horror or urban fantasy are keen to see new things because you know you like i said you continually read the same thing over and over and over again and as much as that's like slipping on a, a nice comfortable old pair of slippers sometimes it's like wait a minute you did what? what 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 the hell is this this isn't a rule i know about oh my god that those things are going to kill me now right you want to add right. something just a little little more it's a bit of a surprise when you're writing these
0: books um, you've done a while what, did did you always know you were going to be a writer was that something that you kind of thought from a little kid no <laughs>
1: um depending on what point in time you hit me in my growing up I had a number of different career options uh, ahead of me I've always been somewhat creative although don't ask my my day job is IT and healthcare, so that there's nothing creative there um but I've always had to have some kind of artistic outlet and um I I've read and read and read for so many years, and of course, um, you know, I was growing up in the uh, uh, 80s as a teenager, and um, the AIDS epidemic was happening, and uh, LGBTQ representation in the media and whatnot was just horrifying at best, if it was even there, and over the next 20 years, it you know took it was it was almost impossible to find solid books within the fantasy realm horror realm might not where LGBTQ representation representation even existed so I uh, found myself with a chunk of time where I didn't have a whole lot of stuff to do and I sat down and went I can write a book by the way no I can't um, that, <laughs> that was no an abysmal, oh, it was, it actually did end up being getting published, but not after many, many drafts and some professional editors going at it. But yeah, I, I remember quite distinctly kind of putting the words the end and finally walking up out of the basement where i spent a lot of my free time and looked at my husband and went i think i just wrote a book and he, his response was yeah of course you did so <laughs> get the dishes done
2: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs>
1: this house
0: is a mess get to work <laughs> but, but what was it that actually made you decide to, to try and publish a book. Like, there's a lot of people that sit around and talk, you know, and they, they, they write a lot of things and do all that. But there's a big difference between just writing it and writing it and sending it to a publisher or sending it out for people to see or even self-publishing these days where everybody and their dog can pick it up and, and read it, and then they can say nasty things about you online you know, like if they want. So what was it that, that jump? Why did you do that?
1: Self-validation. Did it work? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, I wanted to see if the words I had put down were actually uh, decent enough to warrant getting the attention from anybody. And so and in my naivete, I really did not have a good understanding of how the publishing world works started to do some research on what i needed to do to get that book published and the thought of doing self-publishing at that point really didn't appeal to me i wanted to see if the publishing industry would actually sit up take notice and go hmm this is this is a different voice this is cool we want we want this and uh it took a while i had to i took you know almost i would say it was two years of editing with a professional editor and then lots of rejection lots of no thank you not looking for this at this time and i eventually ended up you know for uh for for a lark um doing a um uh, a pitch on twitter and completely forgot about it And it wasn't until we were, my husband and I were on holidays and my phone beeped and I I looked at it and I went, oh God, what the hell is this? And uh, yeah, it turned out to be um, Nine Star Press, which is one of my publishers uh, who liked my pitch, which was an invitation to submit the entire work. And that's when it all, that's how it all started. The beginning of the end. beginning of the end
0: if somebody had told
1: me way back when i would i would have probably gone oh this is not worth it
0: (laughs) no it's it's different than than yeah it's certainly a lot different so how does each book when you finish and you accomplish one of these books and put it out um how do you think it changes you what does it do for you
1: that's a really good question I i don't think i've ever been asked that before what does it do for me um it probably frustrates me to no end that more people don't read it. <laughs> it becomes a little thorn in my side. Um, I'm proud of the work that I put out. Um, I can always look back on them and go, ah, I, li- I love that. I love that phrase I wrote. I love that character. I loved how that scene played out. Um, I get a, an immense amount of joy when somebody reaches out and says, I read this. Oh my God, I have to read everything that you've ever written now. This is amazing. This is what I've always been looking for. I try not to read the, this is garbage. Who the hell would ever even think this was readable? I try to steer away from those. Um,
0: Oh no, you hunt them down and kill them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what the plethora of voodoo dolls is for. Well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, if other people are reading my stuff and getting enjoyment out of it, um, or being able to see themselves in the books, that that's exactly why I did it. Right? It's I. I had a couple of um, I would say younger readers. When I say younger, probably late teens. I would not suggest any of my books for anybody who wasn't at least an adult or a very mature teenager. I had a couple people reach out and just say, thank you. I, you know, I, I I love all these other books that are mainstream and whatnot that fall into the urban fantasy slash horror genre, but I don't, I've never seen myself. You included me in that. So thank you.
0: That's what keeps me. Do you have a favorite character you've written to this date that you still love?
1: Asdor is pretty, pretty high on that ranks. I quite like Azador. And I, I have another character from another series, um, and I've already made made reference to it, the Leshy, um, Cam. Cam is just a, an absolute uh, handful. He's a small tank uh, uh, of a guy. Um, he is an absolute furball. And uh, you might not pick him out from a crowd... But the minute he opens his mouth, the sparkles and rainbows falls out, and there's no mistaking who he is. Um, He's irreverent. He's um, cocky. And yet he is an absolute marshmallow on the inside, and all he really wants is to be cherished and adored. Sounds like Dave.
2: (laughs) (laughs) With the big balls. (laughs)
0: Dave balls, balls, baseball,
2: baseball. <laughs> but we got the biggest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you can claim that, but we know this, <laughs> this isn't true. Yeah, yeah. But um, what what do you like most about um, publishing now and writing?
1: I think the 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 freedom um, that it gives me. I get to sit down and create really anything I want. Um it gives me the license to go ahead and have fun without the cops getting involved.
2: <laughs>
0: well, that could be fun too. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that's true depending on the cop and how he shows up. Um I I I end I like getting lost in my worlds. And, you know, occasionally I'll I'll get the knock on the on the spare room door from my husband going going to be in here much longer and it's like oh how long have I been in here all night oh (laughs) so I just I kind of get immersed in my own little worlds and I enjoy that that's fun for me uh what
0: what do you what do you dislike
1: what do I dislike oh there's there's so many things that the publishing world is just it's it's so frustrating the the marketing piece I wish I could just toss my book out into the world and have people Gobble it up. And, you know, not every story is for everybody, so I am totally okay with the, this book was garbage. I don't care. That's fine. You know what? You still picked it up. You still put in enough energy to put a review up on Amazon or Goodreads or wherever. Marketing and just trying to be seen, um, I, it's so tough. And honestly, there are so many really, really good stories out there. Um but there's also a whole bunch of really bad ones too. <laughs> so it's it's finding. I don't know. I just haven't. I haven't found that magic formula yet where uh, you can put something out into the world and then uh, people just gobble it up and you know reach out saying, "God, I love this. Please do more."
2: Well, how do you keep track of continuity in your in your series books um, or? Or in, in your worlds, as you call them, do you have tools, techniques? Um, how, how does that work?
1: I have spreadsheets. I have notebooks. I, I keep track of, of um, character histories, and I have like a repository of photos, and I start organizing them. It is Writing is not just a simple exercise of sitting down and putting out a story. Um, or trying to pump out a story it's understanding the characters where they came from what their backstory and when i say what the character is i don't mean they were six foot two blue-eyed and full of muscles that's i mean where did they grow up what was their childhood like what what is the you know what is their biggest pet peeve um one of my characters uh has a a a a He's, he twitches whenever he gets really, really nervous. He starts to twitch like keeping track of those things um, throughout a series or um, even the story gives that character life and texture. They're not one dimensional, but it, yeah, like keeping track. And then I have a whole, I have, I'm very fortunate. I've got a, a really good group of other authors who, you know, hey, send me your stuff when you're done. I'll, I'll alpha read it for you. And they go through and went, dude, you know, <laughs> you did this wrong. Uh, what's what's the poem? Roses are red, uh, violets are, are. His eyes were blue, but on page fifty two you said they were. Oh, uh, his eyes are hazel, but on page fifty two you said they were blue. Like those kinds of inconsistencies and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you have to keep track of all of it. But occasionally, throwing in a little red herring that doesn't get addressed, eh, that can be fun, too.
0: <laughs> so you have <laughs> plenty of tools.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think you have to. If you're going you're to create really good stories, you have to.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, now, do you like to interact with readers and people and stuff like that? And if you do, do you have social media set up where readers can follow you or friend you or do you have a website? Where, where do people find you?
1: Oh, everywhere, unfortunately. That's the other the other thing I don't like, but I do like. Um, oh, I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram. I really hate to admit it, but I'm on TikTok too. Not very often. Um, I'm on Goodreads. I have an Amazon profile. I do have a blog. Um, yeah, I'm... It, everywhere and I the social media can suck up a good portion of my designated writing time and I try not to do it although I love it when readers reach out and go I love this thank you or please don't ever do that again or you're a horrible person how could you do that to your characters like I I I love that just the fact that somebody took the time and energy and effort to actually reach out and say anything is, I think, quite heartwarming.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you have a website, too? or uh,
1: I, w- I have a WordPress blog that's, right now, the website. The other thing they don't tell you when you go into this is how expensive all of this can be.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: was like, I mean, I didn't really set out to try and make a whole lot of money, but, you know, recover costs would be nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. the blog is the blog is is a free platform
0: well so. we'll have all that up as well and stuff to help help let people know where you are and stuff and a grinder or
1: <laughs> I, I think my husband might frown on that one but um
0: yeah okay so what's your handle on grinder so people can um well that's how was how was writing over the uh, pandemic part for you
1: uh now uh... Difficult. You would have thought that being sequestered be- behind four walls would have been a really good catalyst for let's utilize this additional time, but, uh, I am, uh, I'm going to say I'm not your typical writer in that I really enjoy interactions with people. I'm much more of an extrovert than I am an introvert. And so, the two and a half years where you're forced to be away from other people actually did me more harm from a mental health perspective than somebody who enjoys maybe not being around people. Even my work, I actually, like I said, I work in healthcare, uh, forced us to work from home. So it was, that was, it was, it was a tough two years. And I, I think a lot of people found it tough for many different reasons. And I don't think we've kind of seen all the fallout yet
0: well you can write about it now
1: I, you know what i can be honest with you if i see one more plague book i'm just I, <laughs>
2: can't do it yeah can't
1: do it kids
0: yeah something about that eh? It just doesn't work
1: and it's too close to home it's too soon yeah give it a few years
0: <laughs> yeah there seems to be a lot of it but a lot of movies or shows like you know series on it and end of the world sort of stuff It's has always been around i guess it Always will be, I don't know, until it is the end. Well, this has been a real pleasure. It's been a delight. And uh, we've been talking about all your writing, but your latest book is called Drag to Hell. And our guest is the author of that book, J.P. Jackson. Thank you for being here.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks, J.P.
4: You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts,